ask you a question. When you think about Jesus' heart, what do you immediately think about? When we mean heart, we mean what's the core motivation of Jesus? What kind of uh, drives his very centre? What directs everything that Jesus does? Because if we have a wrong perception of his heart, it's very unlikely you're going to genuinely say, give me Jesus and you can take the whole world. Because if you think that Jesus is nitpicking and critical and tough and never satisfied and you can never do enough for him, you're unlikely to want to get very, very close to him. I want to talk about Jesus' heart. There's actually only one place in all four Gospels where Jesus actually says with words what his heart is actually like. Everywhere else we really see his heart in action. We see his heart in action when he goes to Zacchaeus' house, the tax collector, when he meets the woman at the well, when he opens the eyes of blind Bartimaeus, when he's at the grave of Lazarus and, and, and has compassion on him and says, Lazarus, come out of the grave. But there's only one place in all four Gospels where Jesus says, I'm going to tell you with words what my heart is like. And that's actually in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, where he says, come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. It's funny, we, we live in London. What's a yoke? <laughs> we're, we're not. Remember, these people were living in agricultural farming communities, and a yoke was the thing you put on the back of an ox to plough the field. So they would say, you yoke oxen together. You put the wood on them so they can pull the plough together. Take, in other words, take my yoke, take my burden, take my yoke upon you. In other words, be connected to me as we're walking together and learn from me. And then he says this about his heart. He says, for I am gentle and lowly. That's another way of saying I'm humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what I want to do is talk about his heart. Jesus doesn't say my heart is I'm really really strict and I'm super demanding. He doesn't say that I'm strict and I'm demanding. He doesn't even say I'm joyful and generous but rather he says I'm gentle and I'm humble. Let's unpack those phrases briefly. What does it mean to say I'm gentle. It means he's not trigger happy. You know, he doesn't kind of fly off the handle uh, suddenly. He's not harsh. And he's not reactionary. He's gentle. He's not easily exasperated. 
Gentle means he's the most understanding person in the universe. He says, my heart is gentle. In other words, being gentle is always who Jesus is towards us. He's always gentle. And he says, I'm gentle, but I'm also humble. Humility in this is talking about his tender openness towards us. Humble, he's welcoming and accommodating of us. Humble is he has understanding towards us. Humble means he's completely accessible to a human being. He's humble. When you think of who Jesus is, he's the God-man. He's fully God and he's fully man. And he's unique and he, were, he is and he was always holy. In other words, he was always living set apart. He was never ever found to be in sin, in word or deed or thought. He was perfect in every way possible. And yet he's so approachable. Have you ever wondered about the people he hangs out with and the conversations he has with them and how people were drawn to him and like people wanted Jesus at their party and Jesus wanted to be at their party. He's so accessible and gentle and humble. Had that beautiful moment in the Gospels where he meets the woman at the well and has the longest conversation recorded in all four Gospels and he's so humble towards her, so gentle towards her, and so kind and incisive towards her that she goes away radically impacted by this man, Jesus, who told her everything she'd ever done. And who does he talk to? He talks to us. And what does he say to us in these verses? He says simply, come to me. Amen. So he reveals his heart. I'm humble and gentle. And then he says to us, simply open yourself up to me and come to me. That actually coming to Jesus is the only thing he actually requires of us. He just says, come to me. Come to me. He says, I want you to shift your focus away from yourself. I want you to shift your focus away from your performance. I want you to shift your focus away from how well are you doing. I don't even want you to even grapple with, would I give you the whole world, Jesus? Do I love you like that? Am I willing to risk it all for you? He's saying, I'm not really interested in you going deep inside to work out, would you, wouldn't you? I just want you to come to me. Come to me. And he talks about two things, the weary and the burdened. The weary and the burdened. So he says, I don't need you first to collect yourself and sort yourself out, then you can come to me. So that's what we sometimes think about Jesus. We think about he's strict and exacting and has this standard, and we think, I want to come to Jesus, but first, what I need to do is fix myself, and then I'll come to Jesus when I've got a more presentable version of me. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, and all you who are burdened. There's two things. The weary are the tired. The tired. They're the ones 
who are tired, exhausted, and uh, uh, I, I wanted to say it in French, are fatigué, are exhausted by life, and they're weary from trying so hard. And sometimes Christians say, I'm on fire for God. I'm passionate. I'm going to do anything for you. I'm going to work for you, try so hard for you. And then you meet them and they're weary because they've been trying so hard. And he also talks about the burdened. The burdened. They're the people who are burdened by the weight of life. They're kind of passive in it all, and Rochelle alluded to that. The burdened. There's wars, rumours of wars, economic pressures. Things keep going up in price every week. I'm, my wages haven't increased, but the cost of living, I'm burdened by the weight of life, by the, the reality that we're living in a society that is having a mental health pandemic epidemic crisis. People burdened by life. And Jesus says, come to me, you who have been exhausted by trying so hard, and come to me, you who are burdened by just the weight of living life. And then he says this, I will give you rest. Amen. Amen. So he's saying, there's no payment here. Hallelujah. It's not you get your life sorted, and if I see you get your life sorted, I'll give you rest. He says, come to me, no payment, no transaction, coming to him with your weariness and with your burden is what qualifies you to have him. So you come to Jesus, and if, I think it's Hebrews talks about, enter the throne of grace, and it's, it's some people talk about put your worst foot forward <laughs> your worst foot here I am Jesus I'm burdened I'm weary I'm crushed by life I'm exhausted from trying so hard uh, whatever it is I'm coming to you there's nothing you need to do to qualify to come to Jesus coming to Jesus is what qualifies you there's no prerequisites in other words when Jesus says, come to me, there's not a little asterisk next to it. <laughs> Have you ever listened to a med medical advert in America where it says, this will cause insomnia. And then it's a little star, but also may cause you to have road rage under certain conditions and break into banks and do impossible things. It may turn you into a murderer, but it will cause... <laughs> and there's a kind of list of all the prerequisites and warnings. There's nothing like that with Jesus. Just says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. There's no jumping through hoops. There's nothing elaborate. There's nothing complicated in this procedure. I love this little story in the book Gentle and Lowly about a man who is drowning. And uh, imagine a man, he's fallen into the ocean and he's drowning and scrambling. And there's water in his mouth and he's struggling. And someone looks over the boat and says, uh, I'm going to throw you a life jacket. Who 
could resist this. It's like telling a drowning man that he must put on the burden of a life jacket. So you're on the boat, it's windy, it's raining, the guy is drowning, he's going under, coming under, and you say, I'm going to throw you a life jacket or I'm going to throw you one of those life circle things into the ocean. Just grab hold of that. That's all I'm asking you to do is grab hold of the little life jacket that's in the water. And then hearing the man say through sort of sputtering, he says, no way, not me, not me. Can't you see it's hard enough Drowning here in these stormy waters, the last thing I need, honestly, the last thing I need is now to reach out and grab that life jacket. I have not got the capacity or the energy. Can't you see I'm drowning here? Goes under again, comes back up. You're not putting that burden on me. The last thing I need is the added burden of a life jacket around my body. That's how we're... Oh, that's how our relationship is with Jesus sometimes. We're, in the, in, we're weary. We're trying hard to do it all well and all right and balancing lots of plates and spinning them. And then we're burdened by the, the pressure of life and news and bad news and other people's news. And we're going under. And then someone says, just come to Jesus. And we say, I can't. Can't you see I'm dying here? I've got all this on my plate and now you want me to come to Jesus? Well, I'm telling you, I have not got the energy, the time or the capacity or the desire to come to Jesus. Leave me here to drown, please. I've got enough on my plate trying to breathe in this ocean. I think we're like that because we see Jesus as another to-do list, another relationship that we've got to please and perform and perfect for. Another harsh and demanding person that we think we've got to do it all right for. Have I prayed enough? Did I fast long enough? Did I read enough of the Bible? Have I evangelized enough? Did I go to church enough? <sighs> and, and now you want me to prophesy and pray for the sick? I'm dying here. I can't come to Jesus. And, but Jesus says, actually, I'm gentle and humble in heart. So you come to me with all of your spluttering and struggles, and I will give you rest. Jesus isn't another thing to do in our life. And here's another fun illustration. See, we can see Jesus as a, as a thing we have to apply to our life. Imagine some people who live in Antarctica, in, in, in ice-cold grey skies and is freezing and imagine them being told you've won a sunny vacation to Hawaii and so they go not having any idea what Hawaii could be like and what green mountains and beautiful seas could be like and then they arrive in their room and they step onto the balcony and they look at Hawaii because it's five star is right looking over the beach golden sand it's beautiful and they look at the beach. Imagine them then looking at the wonders of Hawaii and saying to one another, how do we apply Hawaii to our lives? How do we apply this white sand and this blue sea and this wonderful mountains and this glorious amazing, how do I apply that to my life? 
You would, you would say, you don't. You enjoy it. You bask in it. You soak it up. You take some photographs so you never forget it. And I think that's how we are with sometimes with Jesus. We have this moment, we come to him, and we're amazed at this wonderful king who loves us just as we are. And then we go into a mode of working for him, and we think he's always challenging us, and we, we think he's always going to try to make us do something, rather than we come to him and we bask and we enjoy him. Where I want to land is this. I want to pray a prayer that was written by an American theologian that many of you will have heard if you've done steps or you've done a 12-step program. And it kind of gives us an insight into what coming to Jesus can practically look like on a day-by-day -day basis. How we can enter into the joy of seeing him, basking in his love, enjoying his goodness, enjoying being cared for and all the wonderful things that he promises to do. And that prayer is, God, grant me the serenity. Serenity is a funny word, really much means peace, tranquility, calmness, wholeness, shalom. God, grant me the peace to accept the things I cannot change. And God, the courage to change the things that I can, because we're not passive, we are empowered, and the wisdom to know the difference. I want to pray this over you. The first phrase is, God. I'm looking to another. It's not, I will produce serenity, it's God. God, I'm dependent on you. I've got hope because I'm not alone. There's God. Would you grant me that peace of mind is the most precious thing you can have in the universe? Amen. Honestly, if you're sitting here this morning and you've got peace of mind Hallelujah. and you're not overwhelmed and crushed by fear, worry and anxiety, you are wealthy in the most amazing way. Amen. People are hungry for peace, shalom, Amen. tranquility, serenity. It's the promise of every advertising campaign. It's the promise of so many things in the world is the elusive thing of serenity and peace. Yeah. And, and in this prayer, it says, grant me. It's something I'm going to need you to give me because I ain't going to find it here and I'm not going to find it there and I'm not going to find it by numbing there. Mm. I'm going to need you to grant it. It's a gift from you. We're like Jesus says in that verse in Matthew, come to me or you are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Rest is another word for serenity. It doesn't come from within me, it's going to come from you. And then he says, grant me the serenity to accept. Acceptance is this. If you honestly, realistically think about how much control you really have you have almost zero. Amen. If you really, really think about it, how much control do you really have over the future? Over your own health. Over the, over the health of those you love. Over economies and nations. 
how much do you really have? So, so much of our burden uh, and weariness is coming because we don't have acceptance. We're striving and pushing against the way things are. Grant me, God, the acceptance. No more wrestling, no more striving, I'm trusting. To accept the things I cannot change. In other words, come to me, all you who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Weary and burdened by life, weary and burdened by trying to be in control, weary and burdened by holding it all together. Come to me, and I will give you rest because I'm humble and gentle in heart. Come to me, that moment of I recognise I can't change the world. I'm human and I need you. But then it goes on to say, and the courage to change the things that I can. I'm not going to come, I'm coming to you. I'm blocking the exits to the other things I go to for serenity and peace, to numb my pain, to overcome the burden and the weariness. I'm, I'm bricking the exits up. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you in earnestness, not casual. I'm coming to you because you're the best and greatest option there is for me. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to embrace the things that you give me to do. I can choose when I wake up in the morning. I can choose. Am I coming to you? Not as a, to bask, to enjoy, to delight to look upon you, to look at your face and see your love. I can practice things and I can take responsibility. There are things you gave me that I can do. So Jesus says, come to me. That's the part where I'm choosing, that I'm embracing courage. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. I'm choosing you. This is my part. I'm choosing you. And then it says, to know the difference and know the difference between the two. We give away so much joy and peace because we don't know the difference between what is God's and what is ours. We spend most of our life trying to do what's God's and and not doing what's ours, which is, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. So I want to land with this. I have found doing steps as a 12-step thing such a beautiful place of finding and enjoying peace with God, serenity with God, peace with myself and peace with other people and establishing a way of walking in calmness, tranquility, wholeness and rest. I have to say, when I first did it, I thought, I'm going to do this really, really well. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to watch the videos five times. I'm going to do the notes. I'm working at this. And as I did it, the first and the second and then the fourth, I found that the whole thing was the same thing all the way through. I was just coming to him. One step at a time, I was coming to Jesus. And I was finding that Jesus was at work. Jesus was active. Jesus was changing things. Jesus was unburdening. Jesus was taking away the weariness. It's really an opportunity, I would say, to keep doing that 
Matthew 11. Come to me. Amen. Repeat, come to me. Step one, I'm powerless. This is unmanageable. Coming to you. I need another thought. I'm coming to you. I need to surrender. I'm coming to you to help me to surrender. It's really freedom from thoughts and patterns that stop us enjoying that coming to Jesus. Because I can guarantee all of us, when we're in struggle, when we're in weariness, we're going somewhere. We're all going somewhere. We're all going to get peace or joy or serenity somewhere. The issue is, are we coming to the Prince of Peace? Are we going to the one who has peace that transcends all understanding? Are we coming to the one who is gentle and humble in heart? So it's an opportunity to, to see freedom from patterns of thought and behaviour that steal our joy and steal our peace and stop us coming to him. It's actually, I would say, it's not really a course. It's not really a pro programme. It's a way of walking, it's a way of being, it's a way of resting, and it's a way of trusting and relaxing in God. If you're interested and you're not on the email list, see me at 12 o'clock, probably in a moment or two, there'll be an email in your inbox that will say you can sign up to, you're only signing up to the introduction evening to see whether it's something that fits you. And our course is Wednesday, September the 7th, that's the intro evening at 7.30, and it's listed in the list as the mixed sex group. So let me pray for us. I pray, Jesus, that right now we would have such a revelation of basking in the joy and the goodness of who you are, that just coming to you, that you would so ruin us through revelation of your heart and revelation of your love, that God, you would cause us to detach and release our death grip off things joyfully, excitedly, willingly, passionately, because we've seen you. Let us see your heart and see what you're like. Break off us any forms where we think we've got to perfect and please and plead and try so hard. And let us rest in your heart. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. For I am humble and I'm gentle in heart. Amen.